Hello. Today on How to Be a Human Being, we're talking boundaries with Paige Bond. Paige is a licensed marriage and family therapist working with clients in Florida, South Carolina, and Vermont. We had an excellent conversation about the what, the why, and the how behind boundaries. Paige can be contacted at pagebond.com, and you can follow her podcast, Stubborn Love, for more great advice about relationships. Let's get to the episode. So my name is Paige Bond. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I practice out of Florida, Vermont, and South Carolina. And my main focus that I see people for uh, in terms of when they come to me for any type of services is I really help people-pleasing millennials navigate non-monogamy so they can tame their jealousy and love with ease. And within that, we do a lot of boundary setting. Tame their jealousy. And what was that last part? And love with ease. Because love can be kind of hard when we're feeling really jealous. That is, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. Thank you. So Paige, what got you into therapy? How did you decide how, you know, I'm going to go be a therapist. I'm going to help people. So originally I wanted to be a psychiatrist. um, And I was super interested in the medical side of things. And once I started taking college classes like biology and chemistry, I realized science was not my friend and I was not going to be a medical doctor. After that, I realized that really where I want to see the change is by talking to people. I love talking to people. And so where it really started is through my own experience witnessing my parents' divorce. And I kind of got obsessed with love and trying to learn about the science of relationships. And so I've always been fascinated with couples. And so I majored in psychology for my undergrad and then specialized in marriage and family therapy for my master's degree. And then I became licensed um, in states to be able to provide therapy to clients. That's incredible. Um, Do you do any therapy over the phone or is it all in person? Yeah, so I do online therapy through a secure portal. So what happens is there's a HIPAA compliant link that gets sent to my clients and um, they can just click a link and either have therapy on their phone, on their laptop, on their tablet and super accessible to be able to really do it almost from anywhere as long as there's either good signal or Wi-Fi. Yeah, isn't it incredible? I mean, we kind of work in the same space. I I personally teach people how to get over their cell phone um self-imposed addictions and it's incredible what we can do over the internet i i just i love that part of our uh, society that we have today yeah i think it's so cool and how accessible so much help is now compared to really before the internet was born but it's made such headway since you know even 2020 when the pandemic hit and everything like that you know so much stuff has now become online and more accessible to people to be able to get help. It's amazing. Yeah. How long have you been practicing and how have you seen that kind of shift in um, online mental health and mm-hmm. it become more acceptable over time or is it something that still a lot of therapists don't like doing? So I've been practicing since 2017. I guess that'll put me out about six years now. And how it shifted is, I mean, for me, I learned how to be a therapist by in person. I don't think I did any online therapy until, gosh, maybe 2019 or even 2020. So even for me, I'm, I guess, technically, quote, still new at this. And, 
you know, as far as other therapists being, you know, really into the idea or resistant, it kind of depends on what I've seen in my own experience, how techy they like to be and how, you know, willing to learn about like new processes they are. For me, I am very, very techy. I love learning like coding and I've always been a fan of trying to use technology to be able to enhance things. And so for me specifically, what I do is I'll pull up like worksheets in particular, or I'll literally there's when people see me, I have like this thing called a whiteboard and I'll kind of write down what they're saying so that as the clients are talking, they'll get to visually see and then redigest what they just told me. And I'll kind of have them reflect on that. And it hits a little bit differently than being able to just blah, 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 talk it out, seeing it helps them process things a little more different. That is an incredible tool. It's kind of cool because it, it's technically really how I was trained. You know, when I started first becoming a therapist, when I was still in schooling, the professors in my cohort really encouraged using the whiteboard in the room, the physical one with the client to kind of like process things out. And so now that I'm an online therapist, I can just do that right in front of them still. And it's, you know, the same results. They'll still have the same aha moments. Yeah. I kind of want to start getting down into the meat and potatoes of our conversation. And that is the how behind what we're doing. Now, this podcast is all about how to do things. Um, we were taught a lot of things, but how to set boundaries is one that not very many people were taught. So in your experience... Where's the best place to start setting a boundary with a loved one? I think the first place to even start setting a boundary with a loved one is really knowing what kind of boundary you're even setting. It's really important to identify the boundary that needs to be set because if we're kind of just willy-nilly saying, oh, do this or I need this, and it's not really what they're looking for, then it's not going to come off really respecting what that person is needing um, as a result of setting the boundary. So identifying it is the first step so that you know what you're setting it for. Okay. And uh, what might some of those things be? What might those areas of boundaries be? Areas of boundary can look like saying no um, to a request, like declining an invitation to a party. It can be declining, you know, being involved in an environment that you feel unsafe. So for instance, I've recently had to set boundaries where for me, I said, you know, unless things are spoken in a really respectful manner without harmful language with things that are really harmful to me, uh, I will not be part of the conversation. So a boundary for me is until, you know, a safe space can be provided for me, I won't be active in this kind of conversation. And that can be, you know, a very common one that happens in order to protect someone else's, you know, mental health with that person. If you don't mind, I kind of want to get pretty specific with a boundary and maybe maybe do some role play so our listeners can kind of hear how that boundary might be set from start to beginning to end. So the kind of a scenario that I was thinking, so let's say I have a, a girlfriend um, and she is very overbearing at times. And like when I get home from work, I need, I need like 10 minutes of just me time to, to calm down and settle down. I want to create that boundary and say, hey, I just need like 10 minutes of space to process my day before 
we interact. How might I go about setting that kind of boundary? Yeah. Well, you're already off to a great start. I mean, that was already a very positive way of setting a boundary in itself. So what I would add to that is essentially sandwiching it with a little bit more for explaining the reasoning for the boundary. So I know you talked a little bit about like, I you know, need some more time to decompress. So what that could look like is, hey, sweetie, I love you so much and I really value our time together. And I am so excited to see you when I get home. And I know you're excited to see me as well. You know, as you know, with my job, it can be stressful at times. And, you know, I kind of need like a little bit of separation before I engage and become social after I get home from work, just so I can kind of separate my day. And so what I really need is whenever I arrive home, what I would really like is to have 10 minutes just for myself so that I can really get all of that work stuff out of my system and be able to re-engage with you in the way that I want to and um, love you and the way that you also want to. So is there any, um, you know, questions that you have about setting that boundary? I know that, you know, this is something that may be a little bit difficult or new for us since I know you're maybe used to getting to come talk to me and, you know, start a conversation right when I get home. But this is really going to be super great so that now I can be really engaged with you and present with you now that I'll have that separation. That was beautiful. <laughs> yes, that was perfect. I kind of, I was taking a few notes mm -hmm. while you were doing that. And the first thing you kind of did there was explain the reasoning for the boundary. And then I saw you kind of shift and say, from my perspective, this is what I need. This is what I see. Mm -hmm. From your perspective, I'm hoping you can help me with this. And I hope you can understand. Yes. Um, and then you touched on the benefits yes. for both yes. parties. Um, you said it's going to benefit me because I'll be a better person to be around. It's going to benefit you because I'll be a better person to be around. <laughs> yes. And you kind of made a nice segue into the relationship and how that can change and grow because of this. Yes. And then one thing I haven't heard a lot of people do that you did beautifully was you said, do you have any questions? Mm -hmm. Man. Yeah. Can you go into that part yeah. of that? Do you have any questions? Where have you seen um, that be really effective? I actually, I kind of made that off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually teach that. that. Incredible. <laughs> um, but now that it's kind of like I kind of blurted it out and um, I, I said it there, I think being able to, and this isn't a requirement, I will preface this by um, allowing someone to ask you questions. You don't necessarily need to give any more answers than setting the boundary, communicating reasonings why, etc. You don't need to give the other person the opportunity to ask questions. However, it sounds like in this dynamic, it's really healthy, really vulnerable. And so I think it's really important for partners to have that opportunity so they can gain more understanding. So maybe a, a question from the, the girlfriend who's a little bit more overbearing could be, wait a second, am I doing something wrong? Like, what, what did I do? Like, why is this, you know, all new and changing right now? And so giving that space to the other partner will really help ease any anxiety that may come up and again, bring them closer together because now they'll be on the same page. 
yeah, being on the same page in a relationship is like number <laughs> <Yes>. one, right? <laughs> Communication, very important thing. Yeah, but I love that. You don't need to give any answers when you set that boundary. It's really just the questions are there to gain more understanding mm-hmm. for the other person. Mm-hmm. And when when you set boundaries, you know, um, you know, this is just the first part, right? This is the setting them and communicating them. What leaves people kind of in this loophole area is sometimes they happen to not enforce boundaries, especially when violated. You know, they kind of let things keep happening. And this is where we kind of get in trouble and start building resentments for our boundaries being violated. And so it's really important to enforce consequences whenever we do set a boundary so that that can communicate to that person I do not like this behavior. This is unacceptable to me. And I will, you know, change the dynamic of our relationship if this boundary is not respected. Yeah, that is, you you led perfectly into my next question was, was okay, we set the boundary, but uh, now how do we keep it? Because that's another yeah. big part of the how is yeah. how do you set the boundary? And that's a part of the question. Okay, we set the boundary and then people will just mm-hmm. fall apart after that, you know? Nobody's taught how to keep the boundary. So this is incredible. Mm-hmm. This is perfect. So if you had any advice to give, you know, somebody in this situation, let's just say, keep on mm-hmm. this role play we're having. I come home, you know, the very next day from work and my girlfriend's like, hey, and just starts just starts chatting about her day and everything she did that day. And Susie at work and oh, my gosh, you hear Joan is cheating on Bobby, you know, mm-hmm. the whole drama. How do I go about? reminding her of my yeah um so i'll role play um a little bit as the the boyfriend so you know really what to say in that situation you know after that boundary was crossed is hey sweetie i i know you probably didn't mean to uh, do this and i know this is again a new situation for you that i brought up that i it's really important to me and I think for us in our relationship, so I can be more present for you to have this time to decompress right when I get home from work. I know you're super excited to talk to me and to talk to me about all of this stuff going on at work. And I love hearing this. Right now, though, I need some time to decompress. What will happen if, uh, you know, something like this continues, though, sweetie, is if I get home from work and you continue to kind of like jump into a conversation when I've communicated that I'm not ready, I'll need to either direct my uh, time elsewhere and either stay in my room, stay outside for a little bit, engage in a different hobby, because it's really important for me to have this space for you so that I can be more present. Yeah, that was, again... I think textbook. It's no wonder you do this for a living. You're great at it. Um, Some things I just want to point out for for the audience listening. First off, you forgave. Mm -hmm. Very first. You said, hey, it's all good. I know you didn't mean to, and this is new Mm -hmm. in our relationship. This is a new thing. So should you kind of expect your boundary to be pushed or broken a couple times before it kind of gets set in stone? Yeah, I think unless it's a boundary that can cause like, you know, physical harm or extreme emotional harm, I think it's okay to be a little bit flexible in understanding that anytime we try something new, we need to practice at it. And it's okay to 
really be flexible and and knowing that our people aren't going to be perfect exactly when we set a boundary. And, you know, it's it's also really important on the response we get after we kind of reset this and have this reminder conversation again, right? Because either the girlfriend can react in a, oh my gosh, you're so right. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. You're right. Let me go, you know, do whatever and um, let me know when you're ready, sweetie, right? That would be an A plus kind of reaction to respect the boyfriend's boundary. Um, the other, you know, side of the coin though, is if she were to get really upset, oh my gosh, I can't believe you don't want to listen to me. Uh, you don't even care about me. You know, it's going into a, a, a lot of the insecurities, you know, that could have really been quelled by any questions, uh, that the girlfriend could have asked during that time of setting the boundary. So really in this scenario, what's really important about boundaries is following through and enforcing them with a consequence. So you heard the consequence, you know, was, okay, I'm either going to go into a different room, I'm going to engage in this hobby for a little bit, or I'll need to stay outside the home a little bit longer in order to like really clear my head. And those are the consequences of her not respecting that boundary. Yeah, I, I love um, another thing you said kind of right right in the middle of um, before I asked that question was you, you completely validated the girl's feelings, this girlfriend's feelings. You said, hey, I know you're excited to see me. I completely understand that. I'm excited to see you too, but I need 10 minutes. Um, and then reminding of the consequences. Uh, I think that validating the validating somebody's feelings and how they're feeling, hey, I know you're excited to see me. That's a really big piece that a lot of people are not very good at. Do you have any tips or tricks on that piece specifically of validating feelings of how somebody can improve their skills when they're communicating with their partner of validating feelings and saying, look, I know you feel this way, but maybe I feel a different way or I need some space to think about things or, you know. Well, I think first is acknowledging that validating doesn't necessarily mean that you're agreeing with your partner. So validating that, hey, I, I know you're excited to see me and you're talking to me now when I said I need 10 minutes when I get home. Validating doesn't mean, oh, I agree that you broke this boundary. So the first step is recognizing that we can validate and meet our partner for their own reality. And that doesn't necessarily take away from you enforcing your boundary or take away from your own feelings on the situation because you still get to have your feelings, right? So maybe that person setting the boundary, they can validate, oh, you're excited to see me. I know I'm excited to see you too. I'm also disappointed that, let's say maybe this is the third time it's happened where she came up to him. You know, I'm really disappointed that, you know, this has been kind of uh, a pattern now. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to enforce this boundary with a consequence of not being able to enter the home for 10 minutes so that I can really collect myself so I can be a better partner for us. So really, I think the, the how-to with that is just recognizing your own feelings, recognizing that validating doesn't mean you are agreeing with the boundary violation. Perfect. So my feelings are valid. Your feelings are valid. Yes. They can be different, and that's okay. That's a good way to sum it up. Is that a good way to sum that up? All righty. Perfect. Moving a little bit past mm -hmm. that. All right, we've, we've set this boundary. 
uh, it's going pretty good. You know, most days are good. It's a month later and like five out of six mm -hmm. days, the boundary is being kept. Would you consider that to be a healthy situation and that most of the time that boundary is being kept? Or is there still a lot of work? I would say that's uh, better than where we started, right? Where we just completely violated the boundary. It's, you know, I would at least say and acknowledge the progress that's there. Um, but again, if there's, you know, some sort of reasoning that it's not being followed 100% of the time, we need to kind of evaluate with the person setting the boundary. Is that okay with you? You know, on Fridays, are you cool? Maybe, and you don't need to decompress that on that, you know, other day to when you get home from work. Um, it's important to, to note that like boundaries can be flexible. They don't have to be rigid. It doesn't have to be a 100% all the time rule. You know, life gets in the way. So for instance, um, let's say on kind of that six day that the, the boundary isn't, you know, followed through on, maybe there's something really happening for the girlfriend and she really needs her partner and needs his support, right? You know, when you think about it, if you, you're a partner coming to your person and looking for support, looking for comfort and care, because that's what our partners are here to do for us, and they respond with, well, sorry, I have a boundary, need 10 minutes, that would kind of be rough. In that situation, you can either process again and talk about when you might have that brain space. So maybe kind of do that explanation of, hey, sweetie, I, I know that you're going through something really, really rough right now. Again, I want to be, you know, the best support I can be for you. And I don't have the emotional bandwidth right now. Let me just kind of get into this thing for 10 minutes. And then I've, you know, you're going to have my full attention. Or it can look like, you know what, babe, come talk to me. I know it's been a really stressful day for you. And I know usually I need 10 minutes to come home and decompress. Today wasn't so stressful for me and I have the emotional bandwidth today. So tell me what's going on. Let me be here for you. Yeah, that's that's incredible because it's like the way you said that, it kind of put a, a more respectful, if, if you absolutely have to break that boundary of the 10 minutes when when he gets home, it can be broken in a more respectful way. And you can say, hey, look, I know this is your boundary. Can it be broken today? Is that okay? I, I really need you right now. Would that be an acceptable way to validate, hey, I know you have this boundary. I know I agreed to it. Yeah. But today's a little yeah. bit different. Yeah, that would be. That can be definitely one of the ways to be able to approach that. I liked how you said in there also that, you know, maybe if I get home from work and it wasn't a stressful day, I don't need my full 10 minutes. That's a perfect time for me to be like, hey, I don't need to take 10 minutes. Maybe I need three minutes to just sit and breathe. And then I can be like, hey, honey, how's it going? Are you having a great day? Um, so some things that absolutely the boundary should never be broken on. Yes. Physical? Yeah. Anything kind of in the verbal abuse yeah or do, do you have a list that's like these are the yeah. things that you that's never actually a good idea I don't have a list um I should definitely create one though because that would be helpful <laughs> so for instance for um me like as a couples therapist I cannot 
you know, provide effective couples therapy if there's physical violence in the relationship, because when someone feels threatened, um, we can't do work together. Um, and, and so th the same goes for boundaries, you know, physical violence, or you are, um, threatening me, uh, verbally, you are calling me names, uh, that are very unkind. You are, uh, strictly triggering me on purpose. Those are boundaries that draw a hard line, um, that, that should stay rigid rather than be flexible. So physical violence, verbal abuse, mm -hmm. basically anything mm -hmm. that makes you feel threatened. I think that's just a list in, a, in and of itself because it's so personal for, for every person. Um, everybody's different. Everybody's got different lines in the sand that they will not have crossed. So anything that yeah. makes you feel threatened. Do you have any advice for setting boundary with family or friends? Any boundaries that are like a common occurrence that you see? Yeah, I would say a common occurrence that I can see for both in family and with friends is sometimes friends and family like to be overbearing, <laughs> just like the girlfriend scenario, or be involved in our life and um, have lots of opinions. And depending on the person, um, they may be accepting and interested in hearing these opinions. However, quite often the people I work with are not because they they already know how they would like to live, uh, what kind of lifestyle it is. So for instance, maybe the boundary is about a certain job that you're taking, right? Maybe you want to follow your dreams and be an artist rather than in business finance. And your parents are having a really hard time understanding that and saying, you know, we, we don't want you in the house if you're not going to be in business finance, or maybe they're putting you down at the dinner table when you attend family events for following your dreams as an artist. And so what that can look like is essentially saying to them, quite the the same format of explaining it's really hurtful when you say these things about the type of job that I'm choosing to be in I really feel unsupported whenever you do say these things and what would really help me is either if we don't talk about this particular topic when I'm around or if it does get brought up and it's brought up in a way where I feel put down by it I'm going to remove myself from the situation, whether that's leaving dinner temporarily, not coming over anymore, or not having contact with you until I feel safe and like that I feel like I'm able to be able to express myself in this job that is not approved by you. Yeah, that was perfect. How I feel and what I need. This is how I feel and this is what I need from you, or this is what I don't need from you. How would you kind of approach the situation of you're, you're living at your parents' house and instead of being a doctor, you how can you approach a parent and set that boundary? How does that conversation come up? I think that's the scariest part of setting a boundary is, you know, building up your, your, your mind's going crazy. Well, what if they say this? What if they say that? Are they going to kick me out of the house? Are they going to do this? How does one calm their mind enough to, to, work through that of what they actually need from that? That's a big question, but I'll, I'll try to be succinct in my answer. 
So preparation for, you know, even having the conversation and collecting your thoughts together to set boundaries can, can be quite a process, right? You may be working with a therapist trying to figure out what you're going to say. You may be able to kind of process that with friends. You may be able to even role play so you could practice it. Sometimes what I've seen that's really helpful is just having the conversation kind of propped with either a, a letter that you've written or maybe you have it typed out in your notes section on your phone. Some, somehow like as a way to refer back to when you're having the conversation so you can stay on track because when we're even having the conversation of boundaries, like you said, it can kind of be really nerve wracking because they're probably not used to us setting boundaries and we are probably not used to setting any kind of boundary like this before. And so that can kind of get us off course really, really easily and react in such a way that could damage the relationship, right? So maybe they're not reacting in the way we want to as we're setting the boundary and we kind of lose our temper. So we want to try to mitigate anything, any extreme reaction like that as much as possible because when we're clear, when we are direct about communicating our boundary in a really calm way, that's going to land a lot easier for whoever is listening to this new boundary that is being requested. Man, you had so many good pieces of <laughs> advice in there. Just to reiterate, if, if you missed it, practice it. Maybe role play it with a friend. Write a letter just so you have a reference to stay on track. And then you said try to mitigate the extreme reactions. Be direct and calm. That is incredible advice. It is a great start. And then you can kind of use those same things we talked about earlier to enforce those boundaries. That one is kind of, I feel like it's step two. Step one is always a little bit different depending on the situation. But step two, enforcing the boundaries is always going to be fairly similar. I have one more question for you. And that is, how do you set boundaries with your employer? Mm, yes, this is a fun one, isn't it? <laughs> and this can be tricky too because it causes a lot of anxiety for the employee because we are put in this position where we are seen as, you know, one down or quote inferior, right? We don't have a lot of control as being the employee. This could, you know, really harm us financially as a means of setting boundaries at times. There's a lot of retaliation that can happen. And unfortunately, that happens more often than not. And luckily, there are laws to protect employees for that. You know, how to set a boundary for an employer. I've actually talked about this with a nurse that I've worked with when they were having trouble, you know, getting put on the, the wrong shifts and taking on a lot more responsibility than their job role stated. And we went through this whole same process that I went over on the show today about kind of prepping for it, role-playing and having the conversation, being clear about what isn't working about the situation. And I think what could be added to that is offering a solution. People are going to be way more likely to respect a boundary if you give them a solution to it. Let's say it's, hey, I know that you're used to having me work 50 hours a week when I'm only paid and scheduled for 40 hours a week. I will be doing, you know, the rest of my shift today and finishing it as uh, usual. However, 
what I need in the future is to be able to complete my time in the 40-hour work week. And from here on out, I'll be doing so. As a suggestion, you know, here are a couple of ideas that we could do to make things more efficient so that I'm able to finish all the work that's needed in the 40-hour allotted time. Man, that was great. Yeah, the risks are a lot higher when you're talking to your employer than uh, maybe a significant other. When you set a boundary of 10 minutes, you know, 10 minutes with your employer of, hey, I really need to clock out at 5 o'clock, not 5.10. I can go pick Bobby up from soccer practice or Billy up from baseball practice, whatever it may be. That boundary, yeah. you know, if you're setting that boundary with your spouse or with a friend of saying, hey, you know, lunch has to end at 5 o'clock because I have to go pick up my kid from practice. That's a whole different thing than talking to your employer and saying, hey, this project is 99% finished, but I have to leave right now. Otherwise, my kid's going to be sitting at the soccer field alone. That is a much riskier move. So I love how you said to offer a solution when you go in to have that conversation. Hey, can we work out something that's a little more, more efficient? Maybe can I come in 10 minutes earlier? Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know, what are some other solutions we could have to that problem? Yeah. So I liked your idea of coming in 10 minutes earlier to leave 10 minutes earlier. You can also suggest implementing maybe certain technologies that can make things run more efficiently. So whether that's an automation of some sort, you can kind of, maybe they're unaware that that exists. So you can help them make things run more smoothly. Some other ideas is to look internally and, and I know this isn't necessarily a solution for the boss, but looking internally in your own boundaries and seeing, okay, how much flexibility do I have with this? What is my boundary around my time? What is my boundary around my time at work? And how do I want it to affect me? So learning how to really navigate and either um, kind of come to an acceptance with s- certain things and then allow flexibility on some and then being more rigid on boundaries in other areas. Yeah, I, that's awesome. Looking at your own boundaries and saying, is my boundary a little too extreme? You know, you don't want to budge on everything, but for your employer, the guy who feeds you, the guy who gives you your paycheck, you might have to budge a little bit here and there. Yeah. Man, this has been an awesome conversation. I just kind of want to go back over everything we've talked about. Try to give the how in a a quick two or three minute explanation. Step one is first you want to identify the kind of boundary you need to set. Probably go over that with yourself. Maybe write it out. Uh, Write a letter. Mm -hmm. Figure out, put it on paper. What do I need? What's bothering me? The next part of that would be to kind of practice it, maybe with one of your friends, maybe with just yourself in the mirror. Um, I know we didn't talk about that, but that's something I've used in the past. Um, The next part would be to have that conversation. And in that conversation, we're going to explain the reasoning for the boundary from both perspectives, from my perspective and from yours. You know, this might be hard for you. I understand that. But it's going to benefit me and it's going to benefit you. So we're going to give the reasoning for the boundary and then the benefits of why we need this boundary in our lives. And then my favorite part, honestly, of this entire thing is saying, do you have any questions? That's a really good place to jump off and talk about lots of other things. Next big step 
mm-hmm. is to enforce the boundaries. Tell them that there are consequences to breaking the boundaries and not only tell them that, but stick to those consequences. And I think coming back to kind of bring it all full circle, look at the boundary a week, two weeks, a month down the road and evaluate how it's going. Are the consequences going well? Is the boundary being respected? Do you think that's a, a decent kind of list? Oh, yeah. I think okay. you summarized Do you have anything perfectly. else to add? You know, uh, I think one thing to add into that is just acknowledging that boundaries for the person setting them can also be really emotionally difficult and draining and a struggle as well. So making sure that you're also taking care of yourself as you're adjusting to these new boundaries and enforcing these boundaries. So making sure that you practice some self-care, you, you know, rely on your support system, you, you know, in, in any way, find ways to relax so you can deal with all the emotional difficulties setting boundaries may come with. And Paige, this has been an incredible conversation. I really appreciate you coming on today. Are you available for, you know, for booking appointments currently? Are you full? Are you taking new clients? Yeah, so I am actually taking new clients at this time. So people can find me on my website at www.pagebond.com. And uh, people can also listen to, you know, if they like kind of how I went through the boundaries process today, I have my own podcast called Stubborn Love, and they can get relationship tips there as well. Thanks again to Paige for all the great advice on boundary setting, and thanks to the sponsor of this podcast, Level 10 Life Coach. To learn more about their 15-day digital detox, visit level10lifecoach.com. The biggest thanks goes out to our listeners. Thanks for joining the journey and learning how to be a human being.